Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it is Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host, Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? Yeah, not bad. Pretty good. Uh, so, what have you been playing this week? Uh, well, I got a bit of Forza Horizon uh, 4 in. Um, I cool. did the thing a while back to where you got uh, two months of Game Pass for two bucks. So that's good till the end of October. That's crazy um, if you think about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. a lot of games I played bounced between this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely worth my two bucks. It's uh, Forza, you know, pretty and shiny, but, you know, for me, it's like, you know, maybe do 10 minutes of it, and then I'm like, okay. Not that I'm done, it's just that, you know, it's racing without structure, just to, you know, one-up, you know, a, an avatar that is somebody you follow, but you don't really... Uh, know them or just like a random you know right. benchmark challenge and yeah it's fun and all but you know it's kind of mm. all right all right i heard um oh, what's his name uh andy from uh kind of funny he started playing it this week because uh, he said he got kind of pulled in from the game pass and stuff um and he, he's not usually like a racing guy he said the last one he played was need for speed underground i can't remember there's been like five million need for speeds uh, but yeah, he said he hadn't touched one in in a while, and he he thought that that was kind of interesting. So, uh, what was the last game? What was the last racing game you played before Forza Horizon Four? Uh, well, I did Forza Six for a while. I was pretty okay. into that. Like, I, and I mentioned a few times, a racing game is a great game to launch a console on it because is. it's a great way to show off the tech and the graphics of the like hardware, graphics and sound, um, without and stuff like that. Yeah, without yeah. being overly dependent on things like multiplayer, which there is multiplayer in the game, but it's not like Battlefield multiplayer or uh, Call of Duty multiplayer or anything else like that. So Yeah, you haven't got like 10 grenades going off at once or something crazy. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, all I've played this week is uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey because my goodness does that game ask you to uh, grind a bit. Um... Yeah, I mean, like, still love Ubisoft and everything, still very, very happy with with what they're doing, um, and will continue to do so until I feel like they've stepped out of line in some way, or have, like, made their games worse, but but they haven't at the moment, so uh, they're still kind of in my good books. Um, I do think I prefer Origins, and granted, not every Assassin's Creed game I've played has been better than the previous game, uh, Hello Unity, um, <laughs> but uh, I feel like the game's kind of missing the shield. It relies on a lot of you sort of parrying and dodging, which I'm not very good at. Um, and, and like, they're, they're this thing where if, a, if an enemy goes red or glows red and starts to attack you, you have to dodge out the way. And usually more powerful enemies will tend to do that as opposed to like archers or something like that. Um, or if you know, you've got um, an enemy who's not got as much armor and you, you can tell if enemies are like lower level and that sort of stuff if they're less kind of leveled up or, or, or something um, I like the story I, I, I do um, but it's just the case of it's a bit stop and start because um, I'm trying to just do the story because I'm really interested in what they what they have there and they've got this interesting kind of dynamic with the brother the mother and uh, yeah the brother the mother the father and the um, uh, daughter who who you can play as. Uh, I've chosen to play as Cassandra. Um, I won't spoil whether or not the other person is or isn't in the game. Um, of course, I'm guessing like if you pick 
the brother and uh, the story just changes sort of gender in in that way. Um, but yeah, I picked Cassandra. She's she's very very cool. Um, I like the intro to the game. I think it sets things up very well and it tells you how each person kind of views the family, sort of, um, and it, it sort of goes from there. So I really like the story and I like the gameplay and stuff. And it's sort of good old Assassin's Creed because uh, it does take a lot of DNA from Origins, obviously, because it's probably like the same engine and stuff. Uh, it might not be, but it sort of feels like it is. Um, and then it kind of changes some things here and there. Um, I'm tending to go with like daggers and and the spear. Um, I just actually today unlocked the ability to hold two weapons. Um, and I recently unlocked the uh, sleeper arrow thing that, that you can do. Um, I don't like the fact that they changed the arrow the, or the bow to one type. Because you could have three different types in uh, Origins. Where it's like a close up shotgun type where you shoot three arrows at, arrows at once. You'd have a normal arrow which is like medium range. And then you'd have this uh, long range arrow or, or long range bow sorry. Uh, where you could like see through the sights and stuff. And I really enjoyed using that. Um, but they just have sort of a normal bow and um, I'm not quite sure why that decision was kind of made. But yeah, it's just like the leveling up and stuff and when you want to go through missions and you've got guys that are three levels higher than you and you can't really kill them. You can but it'll take a lot of effort and you can't assassinate them. Um, the, the one thing I actually do prefer in the old games as opposed to Origins and Odyssey is the fact that you can't just assassinate someone as simply as you would think you'd be able to. Because um, in the old games it was just go up to this character, press triangle or Y or whatever and then you would just kill them. Um, in this it's in this and in Origins they've added this like level, this, this like meter thing where if you, if you go up to a guard and you're able to assassinate them but your blade can't do enough damage you'll do like a weird stealth attack and then you'll like jump on him and stab him and then the guy will just like kind of push you off and then you'll enter a, enter a fight. I, I just find that very... And I think I complained about that in, in Origins. It's just very weird, like... Because, hey, if you're behind a guy who, do, who doesn't know that you're there, and you are an assassin, and you, like, you know, cut his throat or stab his neck, he's not going to live. He's not going to just get up and fight you. So I don't really understand the kind of sort of logic behind that. It's, it's a bit weird. Because, um, yeah, and, and cause that's a situation of, like, an almost instant death. I don't think you can really put, like, a meter on that. So, um... But anyway, yeah, I'm still enjoying the story. The modern day stuff is is interesting. I'm still a bit early in that. Um, I did this week did this week um, write a piece about how to sort out the story of Assassin's Creed, not just Origins and Odyssey, the overall actual story. Um, there's elements in place that they have there. They just should put them together in a different way, and they might be planning that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's just the way I sort of looked at things and thought like, hey, you have this story, you could tell. Why don't you get back to telling it, sort of thing? Um, are you going to check out any of these? Probably not. I okay. mean, I've played the Assassin's Creed uh, Two was uh, Games with Gold on the 360. I played yep. that to completion. Uh, Black Flag was a Games with Gold. I played about ten hours of that, okay. and all the uh, the side scrollers have been Games with Gold, but none of them really clicked with me. Uh, two, I kind of enjoyed um, Black Flag, and not so much. I don't even have a reason why I didn't enjoy it. It just never really vibed with me. Uh, but yeah, that's a game franchise that you know, if if you love it, great. If you yeah. want more of it, more power to you. And there's but, plenty of it, <laughs> um, and there's plenty, plenty of it. But I'm not going to go out of my way to find it. Did Did you watch the the film? 
Uh, no, I don't. I tried my best to avoid game uh, movies based yeah, off of games it's, it's because right. they're terrible. I mean, granted, the bar was set apocalyptically low <laughs> with the Super Mario Brothers, right? But even with that, you know, specially ordered and uh, you know delivered on a lower, a low bar, most games barely, most movies can barely get above it. Mm. Yeah. That would be an, an interesting thing. I wouldn't want to wish that movie, but if you ever did like another season of like retro reviews or something, oh yeah, it would kind of be curious for sure. you to watch that uh, movie just to know that I'm not being hyperbolic when I say how bad it is. Which one, the Super Mario Brothers one? You you just said, yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe we can uh, check that out. Yeah, uh, again, I'll sort that out uh, next year when we're out of the fall season and stuff. Um, but yeah, certainly one that I would I'm interested in, and, and hey, that kind of covers films and games. I mean, that's not one of the goals of the series, but uh, certainly kind of an interesting way we could we could go about things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't. If I'm sounding like I'm like crapping all over this game, I'm not. Like, I still very much enjoy it. It's just the way that they've changed certain things from Origins. I don't feel work. Um, but hey, maybe I like play another couple of hours and I get some more upgrades and I get more powerful and and you kind of maybe reach that stage where you can just kind of kill anyone um and uh, maybe I'll go from there uh all right I think that's all the pre-talking and stuff that we that we want to do and uh, now I'm going to tell you about uh, what we're doing on entertainment talk so stay tuned for that Today's sponsor is Kirsty Legister's Juice Plus. If you would like to get help with trying to lose weight, this might just be the solution that you're looking for. With a range of products that include shakes, boosters, capsules and more, get started today. All you need to do is click on the Kirsty Legister's Juice Plus link in your show notes or description on iTunes or on the website. Go over to her Facebook profile Send her a Facebook message and get started with the program today. Today's second sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Okay, so this week on Entertainment Talk, uh, <clears throat> so, um, yeah, The Good Place is still continuing for Season 3, those are on Fridays, uh, so you can check those out, uh, the, the the Good Talk podcast uh, for The Good Place on NBC and Netflix. Uh, please do go check that show out, it's it's really, really good, it's one of the best, uh, at least in my opinion, one of the best shows on, on TV at the moment, uh, so I highly uh, encourage you to check that out, and I think David agrees with me uh, as well with that. Um, if you like superhero stuff, I've got some good stuff and some bad stuff for you this week. <laughs> um, 
Uh, the Road to Platinum with Spider-Man on, on PS4 is continuing at its, I guess, penultimate episode this week. Uh, I will be releasing the fifth and final episode uh, th- th- this coming Monday. Uh, so you can check that out when it when it's released. Uh, so yeah, for that, that, that's that's the uh, Spider-Man game, the Insomniac one on, on PlayStation 4. Uh, in the bad side of superhero things, I saw Venom today. And um, yeah, yeah, that, 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 that was a thing I saw. Uh, it w- wasn't great. As I say, it wasn't great. Uh, I like that version of Venom. I like the character, the film itself, and the plot. Not good. No good stuff. Uh, but if you want, yeah, I I didn't want to spoil your or taint your view or slant your view or whatever. But they did an interview with uh, Tom Hardy before that movie came out. Yeah, and he said that they cut about forty minutes out of the film, and he was a big fan of all of the fortieth minutes. So. I didn't have a good feeling going into that movie, and I haven't seen it yet, and I had no plans to see it, but I'm not shocked that it's uh, not living up. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's something. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I have a uh, spoiler-free and spoiler review for that, of course. Um, so yeah, you can check that out if you want to. Um, but let's not harp on that too much because uh, Better Call Saul came out uh, or, or finished this week. Sorry. Um, for, for season four, very very good season. Me and David are both very happy with it, uh, and the season will be will be back for possibly the final season next year. It hasn't been confirmed, but there's a lot of rumors, a lot of different things going around uh, about what they might be doing with season five. We talked about all of that as well, of course. Uh, the Walking Dead. Uh, speaking of, you know, we finished one thing and we we went on to another. Uh, the Walking Dead started its ninth season this week with uh, episode one, season nine. Um, which yes, as advertised, is Rick Grimes final episode. I really don't think that's a spoiler because if you watch the episode, the adverts tell you that anyway, and it's been widely widely reported at this point. So, um, yeah, we talked about this sort of weird situation around that um, with, with the adverts and stuff, and the episode itself, of course, for uh, for the season nine premiere. So if you're still sticking around for Walking Dead, or do uh, just want to hear our thoughts on it, maybe uh, of of what's going on without watching the show, you could still probably do that as well. Uh, so that's the Walking Dead UK podcast. Um, what else is there? Did, did I do? Oh yeah, um, yeah. It's the Assassin's Creed thing for sorting out the story. I wrote that this week, and um, the last thing I think that I did this week was uh, a spoiler-free kind of impressions written review for Doctor Who season eleven, which is of course Jodie Whittaker's. Uh, yeah, first ever episode. Her first season. Her her sort of. It's almost like her pilot episode, but it's season eleven. It's a strange little thing, but uh, very 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 good job done over there. Uh, you can check out that written review if you'd like to. Um, yeah, I think that's what everything that's going on on entertainmenttalk.org at the moment. Uh, I do want to also mention um, David was very nice uh, today. He made two new. Um, cover photos for the podcast feeds one for the uh, the good talk and one for the walking dead uh uk podcast so uh after we finish here today i'll probably go and update those it shouldn't take too long uh, and you might see some new uh, some new artwork on those two podcasts if you would like to listen to those uh, so that's everything happening at the moment on entertainmenttalk.org or entertainment talk on the podcast platform of your choice um all right let's move on to the news that we have to talk about
Okay, uh, what would you like to talk about today? Well, the big news that only dropped a couple, three hours ago mm. is the uh, Xbox One October update is going to start rolling out here. Uh, this is going to be mostly a dashboard update. Uh, the big things are the uh, Dolby Vision support for Netflix, uh, Alexa integration to control with your Echo devices, so you'll be able to do some limited functionality controls to your Xbox uh, if you have an Echo device. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the big announcement is that the reemergence of avatars is finally here. Yeah. Uh, your, new, your new avatars will appear on profiles, activity feed posts, friends. It says friend blocks on the home screen, so I'm guessing that's like when you go to the Jewel and you tab over and it shows your friends online, they'll take that out of being like a, a tab on a menu bar and make it like more of an interactive friends thing, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh so, have you done anything with avatars at all, either iteration 360 or Xbox One? Uh, I did the 360 stuff. Um, but yeah, it's been so long uh, since that's since it's really been in the Xbox like ecosystem uh, that yeah, I'd have to go and uh, re- re- refresh over there and see see what's going on. So, uh, they they did say as well something about um, you'll be able to use some of your old your old stuff. I don't know if it's all of it. Um, but they said that they Major Nelson showed this menu where it had the the old Avatar stuff that you could use over there because a lot of people were like, "Hey, we paid for some stuff back in the day, can we use it?" So it looks like you can, I, I'm guessing, which is quite good. So, uh, yeah, how do you feel about this? Uh, I've always, ne- I've never really had a problem with Avatars. They just didn't really have any kind of function for me. Yeah, they, they just mean, sort they... Of sat there, so. I mean, they were kind of created as a response to the Nintendo Miis and how popular those were. Mm. Um, much like how uh, uh, Steam and PlayStation Retro added uh, uh, achievements and trophies into uh, um, their game systems after achievements became so freakishly popular on the 360. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, on the uh, Switch side of things, you can make a little avatar. But I don't think you can use it anywhere. It's 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 weird. Uh, you'd have thought that they maybe put it in like Mario Kart or some of the the sports stuff that, that maybe you can do. Um, but it's weird. That's like not integrated anywhere. So maybe they'll uh, focus on that. But I think with the Switch at the moment, because it's such a new system, they've maybe been focusing on games uh, since like you know it's the portable system and that's the whole selling point. Um, you need as many games as possible. So. Um, yeah, what do you think of the uh, Alexa Cortana functions and stuff? I've never really used either function. Occasionally, if I'm driving, I'll use Siri to find something out if I need to yeah. get, like, if I have, like, some... I, I have a weird combination of OCD and ADD, and every now and then I'll think of a question, and I just have to know the answer. Okay. And so I'll use, I'll use Siri to get that answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't really uh, follow that. I do love the irony because I'm in my 40s, so I'm a child of child of the 60s, and so their big thing was, uh, you know, the government's going to spy on me, man, and then now we are literally putting microphones in our own homes that spy on us to cater to our random thoughts and whims. So the, the irony of that I love, but I don't personally own one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I mean, uh, so yeah, I I use because uh, I haven't got an iPhone at the moment because I was an idiot and changed to an Android Samsung phone. But good news, I'll be able to go back to an iPhone next month. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wanted to try it out and then like you know two year contract etc. Um, they should really have phone contracts on like subscription stuff. It it really should be like that and not on contracts. But anyway, um, yeah, I use the, uh, the the Google thing on on the Android stuff for like looking up scores or like checking how old an actor is for for something. Maybe uh, maybe when a show is coming back. Although David has that stuff on on Geek Town. Um, <clears throat> although sometimes if I search for like, hey, when's just for an example, when's Walking Dead coming back and uh, Geek Town would be like near the top anyway, so I I just click on that. Uh, it's just a kind of a quicker way to get to to stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But mostly, I'll check it for like, oh, Man United are playing right now. They've been playing for half an hour, and then just say Man United, and it'll be like, hey, they're losing or winning or whatever the situation. Um, I I I've gone back to using the basic Xbox uh, Connect stuff, so just like Xbox on and Xbox go to this and that. I don't use it too much, but if I want to just like quickly turn the volume down or quickly turn the volume up or quickly go to an app or like. Uh, turn the Xbox on and leave the room to go do something and come back or um, turn it on and then pick up my controller and then just like sign in I'll I'll do the quick like Xbox on Xbox turn off sort of thing and it, it works perfectly well um, I don't quite understand why they took the um, like in Netflix menu functions like next next column or next thing and then play and stuff I know you can still do pause play and all that and I, I still use it for that as well um, but it's weird that they've taken that away and it's it's been that way for some time. It's just a bit strange. So, well, it might have been a licensing thing. Um, you know, sometimes uh, movies and TV shows will add and leave Netflix just because uh, they no longer have the license to use them. So, mm-hmm. yep. Uh, so yeah, look out for the update whenever it's available to you. So, uh, hey, if you if you're at work and you've got instant on switched on, it might be doing it right now. It might not be, but it might be. We just don't know. Uh, but yeah, go mm-hmm. home and check your Xboxes and, and go from there. Um, what else would you like to talk about today? Well, speaking of Microsoft services, Microsoft announced a new service called Project xCloud. Uh, apparently they're dipping their toes, and when I say dipping their toes, they're diving headfirst into <laughs> game streaming services. Mm, just like me and Assassin's uh, Creed, Project- diving into the water. Sorry. Yep. Project xCloud will let players stream Xbox One games to computers, phones, and tablets. Uh, the company expects to begin public trials of the service next year. Mm-hmm. Xbox head Phil Spencer first teased the streaming service at this year's E3, uh, which is, we talked about that a bit, about streaming services, and then it was odd that every place that's trying it is not having great luck, but they're going to keep throwing at it. Yeah, because EA, EA was um, talking about some stuff as well <coughs> at their conference, if I remember. Um, yep. If you go back and listen to our E3, E3 show for this year, you'll uh, hear some of that. Yeah, the article that I'm reading this story from mentions that Microsoft does have what's called the Azure Cloud Computing System, uh, which has data centers in 54 regions and services available in 140 countries. So the the latency issue, which is always going to be an issue with streaming, at least they're a little bit more distributed outside of like the UK and the US for games. I, I'm not sold on an Xbox One game on a on a tablet or a phone. I mean, you know, phones have some pretty decent processors in them. Yeah. But they're not still mine. not on that level. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's always going to come down to internet and latency. Yes. Which, 
See, see that that is the killing thing to these streaming services. Like, hey, you can stream your Xbox to your laptop, or you can stream your PlayStation to your Switch. If your internet in that situation is not good, it is useless. Um, but if it does work and you do have a good internet, I'm assuming that it will work well. Because uh, it's a good idea. Like, hey, stream this thing to your other thing if you want to leave the room and go somewhere else or something. Uh, but then, hey, there's the Nintendo Switch. So. Uh, if, yeah, if and I could absolutely see it for like less demanding processor games, something that you could scale down and not lose the experience, like uh, Overcooked or Rocket League or yeah, something maybe. like that, to where you know the shiny, pretty graphics are nice but not overly required, versus something like your Battlefields or your Forzas or something like that, to where half of the experience is graphics and just getting it on the phone. Yeah. Uh, that that was a weird thing. The occasional time when I was able to stream to my laptop, my laptop could process it well. I guess it was because it was the source was the Xbox and not the laptop, as I found out with uh, Fortnite, which can't run properly on this thing. Um, but I guess with the source being from the console that's able to properly run that game, it's a different situation. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, but yeah, I'm. I don't think, like, next-gen is just going to be fully streaming and stuff. I do think that you'll still definitely have, like, disc and digital options, but I do think you'll start to dip into streaming stuff. But I am cautiously cautiously optimistic and nervous for the future of, like, streaming games. Because, like I said, if your internet in that situation isn't good enough, it just won't work. So, I mean, you don't want to buy a game for... Sixty dollars, or even thirty, or whatever, and then your internet's bad, and you can't play it because you can't stream it. And then you, and then you bought a streaming-only Xbox or something. Um, I mean, I may, be, I may be exaggerating the case, but that, that's the truth. Like, if you, if your internet can't handle it, it just won't work. So, um, yeah, I think mm-hmm. we still, I think we still need to stick to downloading games for as long as possible because it's a much more viable option. So, I mean, that's why PlayStation now doesn't really work uh or, or didn't used to work with the streaming thing because it just didn't work properly so uh um, yeah any any other thoughts or should we move on uh i mean they've been trying to do streaming games since i was your age i mean hell <laughs> if you're you probably never heard of it well you might have heard of it but back in the the late 80s early 90s um sega tried to get the sega network off the ground through the cable companies as a game streaming service and this yeah. was like pre-broadband internet they're trying to broadcast it as a back and forth through cable uh it never really caught up off the ground because cable was more designed for a one-way data transfer yeah and it was never really designed for like computer tech-ish kind of data transfer is more like audio video with just a higher fidelity so they had the bandwidth and they had the bad rate um but the service never really caught on because gaming was wasn't as prolific as it was is today I mean, there was still a ton. Don't get me wrong. There's still a ton of gaming back then. I mean, I'm a perfect example of that, of the fact that I've been playing video games for almost 40 years now on some level. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and we're talking about the parsed down graphics of like the NES and Super NES level going across essentially cable modem at its very early stages. So there's plenty of bandwidth there. There just wasn't really a market for it. Uh, for me, it just falls under the category of VR. I mean, everybody says, ooh, this is new. And I'm like, yeah, that was new 15, 20 years ago. It looks better now, but it ain't yeah. new. Yeah. And you have, like, better systems that can run the stuff. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, okay. What else would you like to talk about? 
well, fresh from the desk of what the actual fuck department. Um, Amazon has been trying for years to get their game uh, platform and their game label off the ground. Yep. Uh, there's been a lot of rumors and a lot of murmur about uh, MMO they've been trying to launch um, called New World. Uh, footage from the game's closed beta has leaked. It's an MMO with light supernatural elements and colonial themes. Uh, the reason why we're bringing it up and the reason why it's from the WTF desk department is that it was leaked on a porn website. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Pornhub is as huge in the U.S., in the U.K. as it is in the U.S., but that's like one of the major portal sites for porn material. Right. And weirdly enough, that's not the first time we brought up Pornhub on our show because it was used to do leaks from Fallout 4 back before Fallout 4 launched. Yeah, like the armor stuff and, and the comments yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that was quite funny. Yeah, people were like sneaking <laughs> cell phone ins to closed conferences and then putting like suggestive titles on a poor Pornhub channel and it was just gameplay videos. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the humor of that aside, um, if uh, Amazon actually launched their own game label and launched an MMO, would that be something that you'd be interested in? As long as it's just a company and not a, not another gaming console that everyone has to buy. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, because they've got their um, Prime Video thing, and you don't have to, you know, buy another system. As long as you as long as you've got a device that can play that on, um, then you know you you subscribe and you're basically good to go. Uh, see, I I sure if Amazon make good games and they have them, if they go third party or maybe do some exclusives with some companies depending on who. Uh, sure, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd play some, some Amazon game, yeah, as long as they're good, and uh, at the moment they've got a lot of money, uh, so yeah, it won't be like cheapest made titles, or at least we hope not, um, so yeah, they, they could do some good stuff, I mean they got uh, Lord of the Rings on the way, they got John Krasinski for uh, Jack Ryan, which is very, very good, they've mm-hmm. got, um, what's the other thing, I remember when I reviewed Jack, Jack Ryan and I mentioned three things that they had, one of them was the Jack Ryan series, one of them was the Lord of the Rings thing, I can't remember what the other one was, but yeah, they're, they're doing some good stuff, so, how about you? Uh, I, I'd have to see the gameplay, unfortunately, um, it's been taken down, uh, the YouTube channel Less Than Epic made the mistake of re-uploading the footage with their own commentary, uh-huh. uh, that got hit with the copyright strike, I'm sure they got whatever i'm i'm not that familiar with pornhub so i don't know how their like proprietary and dcma stuff works but i'm sure they got hit with whatever the youtube equivalent of a uh, copyright strike is and so that footage is down mm-hmm. uh so you can't see it anymore i mean obviously there's stills from the article which obviously is since it's a news article and not showing the actual video they can still get away with um but, I mean, again, it would depend on the gameplay itself. Uh, but Amazon, I mean, since a lot of the stuff they do on PC anyway, um, and they can do it on the console, I'm sh- I doubt you'd have to buy your own third-party thing. I mean, you can buy, like, a Fire Stick, you know, to do, the am- to, to do like, all the other apps, like the right. Amazon it's streaming. Not, it's not just, like, an Amazon-only thing. It has, like, I think Netflix and catch-up stuff. Yeah, it, well. it has yeah. all the standard apps that you would want to do on, like, a, a console or a computer, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, let's see what they have to offer in whatever length of time that, that would be. We'll, we shall see. So, uh, but, yeah, it's pretty funny that gaming stuff is making its way to, to porn sites. That's quite funny. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, because you used to see comments of, like, um, what's it, like, oh, where can, where can I get some power armor for, for Fallout, so, 
uh, fun times. Um, cool. What else do you want to talk about? Well, also from the desk of what the actual fuck, uh, Fortnite on iOS was launched 200 days ago, and according to wow. reports from the website Sensor Tower, it has already made $300 million US. There you go. Yep, according to the article, 65% of that is from the U.S. The rest of it is around the world, mm-hmm. um, averaging $1.5 million a day. That, and that's just the mobile and just the skins <laughs> and, like, whatever skins, like, for, like, costumes and dance moves or whatever, just for, for uh, iOS. That is insane on every level. It is, yeah. Epic's doing some good stuff. Fortnite's a good game. Uh, it's weird, because isn't the game still in early access? No, what it was is the original Fortnite was supposed to be like a uh, an extension of uh, uh, Horde mode. It was basically okay. supposed to be its own Horde mode, to where you had four players, and you had to set up defenses and towers and traps. So it was like some weird combination of a freeform builder, like you do in the building in the game, and then Horde mode. Um, and it was like waves and waves and waves of enemies. And then they were, tra- they were, you know, having some financial troubles, so they were able to cobble together uh, a battle royale because PUBG was kind of getting popular. Mm-hmm. And they did that as a free to play, but the actual Fortnite game was like a sixty dollars pre order. And so they did it as a free play, and then they threw in some like microtransactions for just for skins, as a way to try to generate revenue. And just everybody and their cousin just flocked to that game. Mm-hmm. And after I think they made their first, you know, five hundred million of on console sales for mm. microtransactions, <laughs> they looked at all the work that they were doing for their multiplayer, and they were just like, "Nah," and that just fell by the wayside. And I don't even know what happened to it. It hasn't. I haven't seen anything on it in like a year and a half. Hmm. Yeah. Uh. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's doing very very well. Um. I, I, I jump in now and again. I have to sort of be in, in a certain mood for it. And I I tend to, you know, go for a bit more of the uh, daily objectives because uh, they give you, uh, you know, big amounts of XP and stuff. And then I actually try and win a game of Fortnite. Um, the closest I've actually gotten to the last two, I don't know if I ever mentioned this. Um, what happened was I was I was on the last two, uh, like I was, it was me and one other guy basically. And uh, he... Uh, got this building thing he he could make like on the fly sort of thing. Um, I think it's one of the special building pieces you could, you can get. Um, and he jumped on the top of it. I knew where he was, and I I had some stuff on me. It would have maybe helped if I had some more things. Um, and I tried to shoot the the piece of the platform that he was off because I knew he was up there because he was like flipping around with his guns and whatever and reloading or, or whatever ever he was doing. I thought like okay if I can I thought like okay if I can get um if I can shoot this piece of platform that he's on down he'll get he'll take full damage and then I can maybe get him from there I didn't have a shotgun on me so that would have helped um the thing that happened was I, I did manage to shoot the piece of platform away and he did fall down but then I had like 10 bullets left and I just ran out of ammo and was reloading and as I was reloading he got his shotgun out and, and killed me but uh, it was it was really it's really intense when you get to the last two because you're like oh wait I could actually win because all I have to do is kill one person in front of me but uh, mm-hmm. it's not as easy as it seems so uh, but no it's a, fun, it's a fun game it's doing really well and uh, I'm very happy for it so uh, anything else you want to talk about here? 
Uh, yeah, a couple other things. Uh, the phrase end of an era is uh, used way too much, mm. but in this case, it's actually fitting. Uh, Mike Morheim, who is uh, president and co-founder of Blizzard Entertainment, will be stepping down from his role uh, of executive producer after 27 years with the company and 11 years in charge. Uh, his current uh, World of Warcraft executive producer, J. Allen Brack, will be taking over that role. Uh, Mordheim isn't doing a complete and total split. He will still be a quote-unquote strategic advisor to Blizzard, but he will no longer be directly involved in leading and directing the company. Uh, Mordheim is best known for his annual appearances at BlizzCon, uh, his work with the community, making sure outreach, making sure the community, the, the community people know that the People that work at the game and are part of the game appreciate them a whole lot. Uh, this goes uh, along lines with the re the other uh, co-creator of uh, Blizzard, uh, Chris Metzen, who was a creative boss. Uh, he left back in 2016. Um, uh, Mordheim uh, started as a programmer at Silicon and Synapse, which was a tiny game studio that eventually became Blizzard when it was refounded. Obviously, everybody who's anywhere in the gaming has at some point probably played World of Warcraft. And so, you know, him stepping down after almost 30 years is kind of a tough loss for the gaming community. But it's obvious that he's leaving on good terms with the fact that he's still staying on. That's good. Um, yeah, I mean, 27 years is a long time. We often talk about uh, when someone leaves something after like 11 or 15 years or something. Then maybe it's just the case that they just want to do something else. So, uh it, it makes sense. Um, yeah, as long as Blizzard remains in good hands, that should that should be good. As long as Overwatch continues to be the success that it is. Um, I wonder what Jeff. Um, I can't remember his surname. The, the guy who does all the Overwatch update videos. His name's Jeff something. Um, Jeff Kaplan, maybe. I can't remember his his surname. Uh, he he seems like a a good guy. I I'm not sure what his role exactly is at, at the studio. But um, he seems to be. I remember the um, it was maybe it was the BlizzCon or something. It was when they announced um, one of the other new characters that they had. I think it was Moira uh, that they did as a surprise. Um, he seems to sort of be front and center with the community. So uh, looks like they got things going quite well over there. So uh, what, what do you think? Yeah, I mean the burnout is real. If you listen yep. to. Um there's a podcast uh, that just came out. Let me get the guy's name because I'm having a complete blank on it. Okay. Um, da, 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 da. David Jaffe, who uh, if he was uh, part of the Twisted Metal, uh, big big guy behind that. Uh, he was okay. the original uh, uh, creative director behind God of War. Um, you know, he had uh, a game that he tried to get off the ground uh, called Drawn to Death. Uh, never really clicked with the community, and he's uh, been uh, pretty low key since then. Uh, he's part. Uh, he's on uh, uh, Colin Moriarty's Fireside Chat, which is the podcast that came out a couple days ago. Uh, they get into some real stuff, and it goes uh, pretty deep into the burnout factor. So, if you've ever been curious about you know things like that, that would be a good podcast to listen to. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that you know you do something forever, and you just get to the point to where you need a break. Yeah. Yeah, it uh, makes sense. Um, yeah, I've heard Colin talk a lot about how he works like seventy-hour work week, work weeks, and yeah, I'm not even sure what what that looks like. So, 
Because um, most most people, uh, like a 9 to 5, Monday to Friday, I believe, is 40 hours a week. So you had another 30 on top of that. That's just, it's 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 something. So, um, yeah, I I do try to listen to uh, some of Colin's stuff. I regularly, I, I do make sure that I listen to his uh, Sacred Symbols, which is his PlayStation podcast. Um, and he's got a lot, a lot of other good stuff. I just don't get around to listening to it because, yeah, life and other yeah. things. Yeah. And it's easier for me because I work in a warehouse, so as long as my ears aren't covered up by like big, you know, thick, heavy uh, headphones, I can allow to yeah. listen to podcasts while I work. Hmm. And so that lets me keep up on a lot of podcasts. I, li- I have like 14 that are in my subscription queue. Um, I don't listen to all of them, obviously, but I'll look at the title and I'll look to see who's on it. Mm-hmm. And then I'll decide if I want to listen to it or not. But uh um, it's a lot easier for me to keep up, keep up with stuff like that. I think I'm subscribed to, and don't like freak out. I don't listen to everything of everything that I'm subscribed to, and some of the feeds that I'm subscribed to are are my own, so I can like check in and make sure things are working well on on the public side. Um, but I'm subscribed to like 47 podcasts, and granted, I think at least maybe 10 of those are my own so that's like maybe 30 something um but i don't always listen to everything and sometimes in gaming uh podcasts if they've if they've got time codes and stuff and i'm like okay i'm not interested in like destiny talk or maybe Mega Man talk so i'll just skip those pieces um and then just it, it does cut a lot of time with the podcast out but um yeah it's fun to listen to stuff um cool all right what else would you like to talk about uh, well, this came out really late. I mean, we're already at the 11th of October, uh, and the, yeah. the article that I'm reading it from is the 10th. So this article got only only got posted yesterday, but it's the uh, free October games for Twitch Prime members, uh, and they're all well. The the main one is sufficiently Halloween themed. It's a uh, Darksiders War Master Edition, yeah. uh, where you yeah. play as War, one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, uh, set to fight back the forces of hell after the Kazakh after the cataclysm gets prematurely activated um and if you want to see a, a real funny aside to that look into like an old 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 uh episode of uh, zero punctuation where he talks about that it's uh, rather hilarious uh the second game up is soma which is a uh uh adventure game basically uh you go through that. a research yeah, you go through an underwater research f- facility and learn what's going on there while being hunted. So again, a decent uh, horror Halloween game. Uh, then comes a Sanitarium, which is a point-and-click horror game. And finally, a game that if you haven't played it yet, shame on you. It's a System Shock. Classic, yeah, classic me, game. Because I, I didn't well, know. Well, I mean, it's, yeah. you know, if you're like in your 20s, it's uh, a little bit more understandable because that game is fairly old okay um it was first released in 1994 well, just as I was but born. it <laughs> yep yeah so you know obviously somebody in there like yourself that's in their 20s it's not that unheard of to mm-hmm. have never played it but it's kind of the progenitor for games like uh um bioshock not uh, is it bioshock yeah bioshock yeah, bioshock is, is a game yeah yeah, I, I was trying to think if that's the game that I meant that I was thinking of. I knew, you know, obviously I knew Bioshock was a game. I'm just mm-hmm. was trying to remember if that was the actual game that I was yeah, thinking about. But yeah, the thing and, and all that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. A, a lot of a lot of Bioshock comes from System Shock, and that's not just a play on the fact that it's the name, but like a lot of the concepts you'll see very familiar with it. Okay. Uh, there'll, there'll be definitely a couple of uh, 
things and mechanics and just themes that you'll see from System Shock. Uh, that you're like, oh yeah, I remember this because they did it in this game, and oh yeah, I've seen this before. They did it in this game, so definitely check that out if you're if you're like in a lull or you got like a week or two to kill before. Certainly not. <laughs> well, yeah, but like you're gonna finish up Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and then if you've got like nothing until like the next big game comes out, mm-hmm. um, definitely check that out and definitely get it as part of your queue. So if you you have it, if nothing else. Okay, cool. What's uh, what's it available on? Uh, that's part of Twitch Prime. I mean, so what, what that uh, is, PC. Okay, what, just PC? Yeah, because okay. what it is is that uh, it, it's kind of a screwboy thing. Like, if you have a computer, uh, you have to have the uh, Twitch app downloaded. But instead of going to the Twitch app, you go to the Twitch website. And then when you're signed in with your Twitch account, there'll be a little crown. And that crown is where you get to claim all your free uh, uh, swag for the month, so there'll be like Overwatch skins and things like that. Okay. Um, and you can claim that from there, and that's part of their that's part of the Twitch store because you can sell games to the Twitch store. And then once you go into that, it'll say you know claim your free game for the month, and you claim it as part of your account. And then you go back to the Twitch app, and you go into the games, and you will see it as like a game you can install, and so you just install it. Okay. It's a little convoluted, but uh, if you, you just Google, I've tried a couple of the games through there. Um, I've done. Uh, uh, I'd actually have to pull up my account to see what I've done before, but I, I have played a few games through there, and they work pretty fine. Uh, the only thing is, it's basically like going through Steam. Only you're going through Twitch. Cool. And now that I think about that, the MMO that Amazon would do would be through Twitch because Amazon on Twitch. I don't know why that didn't just occur to me. All right, cool. Um, do you want to say anything else about this, or should we? Uh, no. Should we move on. Uh, but no, it's cool. Twitch is still offering uh, free games. Give uh, give yeah. give credit where credit is due. So, because uh, I assume they probably don't have to do it. So, you know, um, yeah, give them the the the, the credit that is due. Um, all right. Is there anything else you would like to talk about? Uh, yeah, the last thing that I had to talk about, uh, obviously Fallout 76 is coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, we got the demo coming out in a couple of weeks, and that, that'll be my big uh, you know, thing to get me off the fence to whether I buy it you know, at launch or if I wait till after the new year, let them sort a few things out, get a few bug squash, things like that to get into it. Uh, but one of the, when we were talking about podcasts, one of the podcasts that I listen to fairly regularly is uh, Major Nelson's podcast because obviously he's got all the inside scoop for Xbox stuff so um, anything that goes off of his podcast is pretty much going to be official Right. Uh, him and a bunch of other YouTubers that are fairly Fallout centric got invited to a special preview event in uh, West Virginia which is close to where Maryland is um, so they got to play three hours of the game and so if you've seen a lot of stuff popping up in your YouTube uh, queue about that, that's where all that's coming from. They obviously were brought in to hype the game, so they were allowed to film and allowed to record. Uh, the consensus between some of the YouTube channels that I've seen is that um, not bad. Uh, it's a game you can play solo, but the monsters are a lot easier to kill when you're teamed up in a group. You get experience bonuses when you're in a group, but... Being a solo experience is not su- not outside the realm of possibilities. Uh, they played an earlier build, so there was some rubber banding and latency issues. Hopefully that'll be fixed enough for when we do the beta so I can get a better sense of the game. And obviously, 
that's something that you really want fixed when the game launches. Yeah. Uh, probably the most interesting thing that came out of that is the inclusion of Project Greek Island. Um, and that's something that where it's, you know, it falls into the category of life imitates art, imitates life. Um, Project Green Island was a secret fallout shelter built by the U.S. government. Uh, it was commissioned uh, by President Eisenhower back in 58. Uh, and this was in the, the start of the early start of the Cold War because we're just coming out of World War II. And so enough of that has died down that we're almost to the 60s. And the sci-fi is a big thing, and space races just starting to get into motion. And so that's a good chunk of what started up the Cold War. And obviously, you know, with it still being, you know, relatively close to the end of World War II, the whole nuclear thing is a big thing in everybody's mind, which is the entire aesthetic of Fallout and the entire franchise. Um, but the... Uh, Bunker was a secret thing, and it was a secret until 1992 when it got outed by a newspaper. Uh, but the bunker is uh, four hours from Washington, D.C., and this is uh, back when if somebody was going to launch a nuke strike, you know, you had to load the nuke on a plane and fly it over the ocean. So you had a fairly decent amount of time to you know, know what was coming on and you know, get to shelter. Uh, if you want to hear the full description of it, it's uh, part of the this current uh, Major Nelson Radio podcast. He goes into great detail of it. It's very interesting if you're a history nerd like me. Uh, but the reason why I'm bringing it up is that the project is going to be part of Fallout 76. It is something that you can discover in the game. Uh, obviously, they didn't say what role it has in the game, if it's something just thrown in there as a nod to, hey, this actually happened in real life or if they've got some plot points and uh, um, things going around as part of that. Uh, obviously, they didn't get too much into what passes for the story in the game, and that's part of the other thing that I'm still really hesitant about, is that the people that were uh, playing the game uh, were talking about how you know all your story dialogue is stuff you either read or get from holotapes, and the lack of NPCs is still very noting in the game itself. And so some of that trademark humor that you would get normally in a Fallout game is missing because there's no NPCs in that. Okay. As So I could, like we've talked about before, uh, I'm going to play the beta, and that's really going to determine whether or not I buy that game. I, I Yeah, I don't have much interest at the moment. I've kind of got my full uh or full i always sort of say that wrong uh the, the holiday games sort of lined up uh assassin's creed going into red dead redemption and then that going into hitman and spyro which actually come out on the same day and then there's some other um there's actually quite a few games on the switch i haven't got around to yet so uh th th that's included in, in some of them in in some of my list um like things like um what was that uh what, what, what was that um, Metroidvania Switch game that came out? The um, oh, the, the one that had the plagiarized review. I can't remember. The oh, name Dead of it. Cells. Dead Cells. Yeah, I uh, haven't. Touched yeah, that but that's yet, on so. all the platforms. So, okay. but yeah, that's yeah. that's something that if it's part of a, like a a holiday sale, I'll definitely pick that up because I'm been kind of itching for one of those. But uh, hmm. it's I might I got other things that I'm trying to finish up first. So cool. Yeah, I've never really stepped into the genre myself, but uh, I'm. I'm very interested in the genre, so. Uh, but yeah, in terms of Fallout, I'm just 
looking forward to the next like story fallout and granted if this gets like good reviews and they say okay it has a has a story in here and granted all the stuff that you just said about the nuclear bombs and that sounds like at least some sense of story um but i'm just not interested from a whole multiplayer perspective of things i'm not interested in like going around the wasteland and coming across a guy who's got rocket launcher or whatever and i just get killed sort of thing i i'm more interested in the sense of it for like okay what's the story and last time it was the whole um father father thing you were looking looking for him and mm-hmm. you were looking in the wasteland and that for, for him uh, and i was quite interested in that Granted, the game and they they did address that with the various podcasts that i listened to because from the from the word go you can set up a non-pvp flag on yourself and you'll see the other characters, they just can't shoot you or damage you in any way. Hmm. Uh, so that's part of their anti-griefing system. And the other part is, is like if a player kills you, um, then they get a bounty put on their head, and then the more they kill you, the, the bigger the bounty gets. So that encourages people to, to um, at least knock it off to a point, uh, because then you know somebody's going to get to the point to where, hey, look at all the caps that that guy's worth, let's go kill him. Right. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I don't know my interest for the beta necessarily because, like I said, I'm uh, on the verge of having two open world games to play. Um, but I, I, I'm interested in the the sort of reception from it, and then I'll sort of take things from there. But yeah, um, well, I'll definitely give you a full report on it because I plan on playing yeah. a lot of that beta. Nice. All right. So we'll see how things uh, go from there. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Uh, that's all the news items I had. I know you've got a few. Yeah. Uh, so big news uh, this week uh, those of you who've been playing PlayStation for a while uh, and I almost did but I switched over to the 360 era as well uh, PSN name changes are finally coming uh, this is, it comes from the official PlayStation blog and all that so it's not like it's not rumoured anymore um, the details that I grabbed were early 2019 because they're still testing things out and whatnot, um, and there may be some form of like beta or inside or program thing um but the one of the other details as well is um if you just want the one chance to change a name from whatever name you possibly have given your account uh your first name change will be free and then um i don't remember the exact price let's see if i can remember it it's about uh 11... i think it's like ten dollars us is what i think i remember yeah, reading and then plus members get it uh about half that press because they're subscribed mm. to the to the subscription um and then some people were like oh why do you have to pay for the second one i'm like well if you change your name the first time to something you know you don't want to change from then why does it why would you need the second change but anyway um yeah people people will complain about things still even though this is something oh, yeah. they wanted them to do for for a long time um everybody complains about everything that's kind of the thing <laughs> yeah uh, i myself don't need to change it i've got the name as i want it um and i'm i'm perfectly happy with it but people that have been waiting a long time to change it uh it's good news for them and it makes playstation look slightly better so yeah yeah because you gotta figure psn came out what 13 14 years ago mm. so you gotta figure the 15 year old that thought his uh <laughs> username of bong ripper 420 that was so cool then you know might want to get rid of that now yeah he might uh but yeah there's always been i'm always hearing when it's about um like backwards compatibility and psm name changes i'm always hearing that ps3 is the problem with like the trophies (laughs) and the sort of infrastructure that uh Mm -hmm. it's weird so. Well, part of it's the, the infrastructure in that, uh, but the other part of it, at least with the games themselves, mm. has always been that cell structure, that mm. the cell processor. Yeah. 
um, with the PS3. And I know that's a problem today because uh, on the last episode of Sacred Symbols podcast, uh, Moriarty and uh, Chris Regan were talking about that. And they were just talking about how, like, on modern computers, like modern gaming computers, they still can't write a decent software to emulate isn't that, that, that cell processor. It's weird, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's strange. I don't know what Sony was thinking at that time. Um, well, I mean, it's like I mentioned before. Technically, that cell processor did have more power than the 360, but because nobody really knew how to do it, right. nobody really knew how to work with it, yeah. the games just never ran as well. It says, okay, well, we can run it on our PC. We just reconfigured this, 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 and this, and boom, it's on the 360. And especially nowadays with the Xbox One and its mirrored architecture to the, the PC platform, it's essentially a copy-paste mm. with games on it. Yeah, With the exception, obviously, of Markham Knight, which was just a copy, you know, to trash. <laughs> yeah. I I just... Th- isn't there some way that... They can just put, like, a virtual console or an emulation kind of thing in the... It just feels... It feels like there should be an option for them to put... Well, I mean, there. that... You would think that, but like I was saying before, if you can't write an emulation software to get it working on, like, a $5,000 gaming PC... Mm-hmm. What are they really going to be able to do to get it to run on a PS4? That's true. Your only real option is just to recode the entire game just to make it run on the new architecture. And as popular as a lot of those games were and as good as a lot of those games were, how many of them are really going to have a market on there that already don't have remasters? I mean, we've got, what, the God of War collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got The Last of Us Remastered. Um, and there's a few PS3 games that have gotten the remastered treatment on PS4, but there's a reason why they're remasters and rebought and not just, oh, look, we made pack- backwards compatibility a thing. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's one of the long-term thinking that's, you know, starting to edge Microsoft ahead is that, you know, they just do their software engineer thing and you're getting Xbox original games running on it and running better and looking better without any remaster treatment just reconfigured to the new software yeah uh i was, I was gonna say as well um did i i can't remember if i, I say so many stuff on so many podcasts i can't remember all of it um but uh i'm currently looking for a, a ps3 at the moment it has to be the 60 gig version mm-hmm. that's got the four usb ports because that was the backwards compatible model because uh, if i get my hands on one of those i can play the ps um, three games, and some of them are the PS2 ones, but in the HD like trilogy things. So that's like the Ratchet and Clank stuff and all that. That's some mm-hmm. of the games that I want to play. Uh, and granted, some of the Ratchet and Clank games are on. They moved over to PS3 because that was the generation at the time. Uh, and there's like nine of them as well, so that's quite a lot. Uh, things like Sly Cooper, which I, w- I want to kind of play as well. Um, some of the PS2 games. I do own a PS2, but of course it can't play PS3 games. Um, and for some of the PS1 classics that I just, like, had when I was a child but, like, don't remember or want to go back and, you know, play play, play properly as, as an adult kind of thing. Um, but but luckily, of course, the Crash Bandicoot games got the, the remaster, so uh, that's, that's going to be good for that. Because, um, yeah, if I can have, the obviously, the you know, PS4 for the PS4 games and then the PS3 for the three generations of, of those games... Um, there's also news this week, uh, probably a little bit more obvious, and it's more of a thing that would be necessary, is that, um, 
the next generation of the PlayStation uh, console is is in development right now. Uh, Sony did confirm it earlier this week, uh, and they also said it should be backwards compatible with PS4, which yes, it absolutely needs to. So um, yeah, I mean, if that's the case, I hopefully will end up with uh, a PS3 and a PS5. Um, and if they really do get lucky and manage to put the PS1, 2, 3, and 4 on 5, then I won't need the PS3. But we'll have to wait and see what uh, what happens. So, um, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on Sony sort of confirming this? I mean, it's not unexpected. And, you know, it's not something that, you know, once they launch a console, then, you know, everybody goes home and stays home until it's time to launch the next console. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always new tech to play with. There's always ways to do it better, faster, cheaper. And that's where all the rumors for the next console is co- always come from because people will slot together these parts and that part and then change this and change that and see what happens. And technically, that's quote-unquote a new console. That doesn't mean they're planning on bringing it to market anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, but PlayStation, they're in the position to where they've... I don't see that coming out within like the next couple of years just because... Well, first off, they sold so many PS4s, they don't really need to change the market <laughs> yet. Yeah. The PS5 is more you know, trying to get ahead of the curve with Microsoft, which despite the fact that it's sold considerably less consoles, Microsoft is actually in a better position because they've already got backwards compatibility on lock. Mm-hmm. They've already got the market, you know, eager for it and looking forward to it. They can already market as, you know, cross generational console to where if you buy this now, everything that's ever come across uh, Microsoft will at some point could um, be backwards compatible and could be playable. I mean, they just announced uh, what uh, a couple three old shooter games that just got uh, backwards compatible again. Yeah, uh, Metal Gear so Solid the... two and three, I think. It yeah, was. yeah, Mel- yeah. Solid Metal Gear Solid two and three just became backwards compatible from the 360 on to the Xbox One. So by the time the PlayStation Five, assuming that's its name, comes out. You could be looking at ninety-ish percent of the 360 library is playable on Xbox One, yeah. And hopefully, probably like half of the original Xbox, depending on uh, you know licensing and things like that. And uh, some of those studios don't even exist, so who even owns the rights to those games anymore? Yeah. Um, could be playable on Xbox One, so. You know, marketing-wise, oh, here's a new Xbox, here's a new PS5. It finally does all the stuff that Xbox was doing a couple of years ago. Uh, it's more expensive, and you still can't play your PS3 games. Versus, hey, we're just doing a quick hardware refresh on the Xbox One. Makes this a little faster, this a little better, this a little cleaner. But this console can still play it, and this console can still play it. And oh, by the way, you can play our entire library from the last 20 years yeah i mean from a marketing standpoint that puts microsoft in a much stronger position Mm -hmm. yeah i mean if you i mean there's been said a good few times that there's two things that one thing each that microsoft and sony need to work on microsoft exclusives obviously and in Mm -hmm. sony's part it's the backwards compatibility so uh because the opposite end of things you know playstation has the great exclusives and things that have sold really well uh and microsoft's got the backwards compatibility so they've both got basically their different strengths they just need to sort of um continue working on those like the exclusives and the backwards compatibility but then both need to kind of switch gear eventually and i mean i know uh 
Microsoft did the studio acquisitions that they announced at E3, and they, I think they've got some more uh, um, in the works. I'm, I'm assuming Sony has as well. I assume that those sort of things are ongoing, uh, which which would make sense. Because um, you want to, yeah, you, you always want to bring new games to a platform and that. So yeah, and speaking of studios, I completely forgot about that, but there's been a rumor floating around that Microsoft is poised to buy Obsidian Studios, and that would be rather interesting as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know quite what games they own, but a lot of people seemed uh, very, very interested and happy with that. So uh, if that works well, out, let me, that should be. Since I forgot about that, let, let me get that list real quick here. Oh, one second. Okay. Um, they're also talking to some uh, JRPG companies as well about acquiring some stuff because that's where Sony's doing really well as well. Is with uh, certain JRPGs, um, mm-hmm. and then you have Bayonetta on its own on on the Switch. Yeah, well, some of the big titles they launched was uh, Fallout New Vegas was one of those. Uh, they did uh, the uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2. That was one of theirs. Um, trying, to, trying to sort through the Wikipedia page here, so one second. Okay. Um, it, you know, Pillars of Eternity, uh, Tyranny, they did part of the Stick of Truth. Um, so there's a lot of stuff in their back catalog. Uh, Beasts of Winter is coming out soon. Uh, Dungeon Siege 3, Neverwinter Nights, uh, a lot of those games they did. Uh, so a lot of, you know, a lot of highly critical, highly acclaimed stuff. Um, and if Microsoft does, you know, buy them, that would be an interesting, uh, acquire, uh, interesting acquisition. Yeah, that would be good for some of those previous games as well, because I'm assuming that they would be like, hey, if you own us now, those games could be backwards compatible as well. Well, uh, New Vegas is already backwards compatible. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2, I think, I don't know. I know the first uh, one stick, is, isn't it? Yeah, Stick of Truth, actually. Uh, I think if that you is purchase, well. Yeah, but if you purchase the, the um, South Park, the Fractured But Whole... Uh, you actually got a copy of Stick of Truth, and it's not the 360 version; it's the Xbox One version. So yeah. it got a weird, quick remaster. Mm-hmm. But Neverwinter Nights two and the sequels to that are kind of the big games for uh, from Obsidian, along with uh, uh, Fallout New Vegas. Which weirdly, I uh, apart from a lot of the people that are Fallout fans like myself, they love New Vegas. I was not the biggest fan. Okay. And that's mostly because of the storyline. Because, you know, with three, you know, you're looking for your dad. With four, you're looking for your son. But with New Vegas, the so the plot line is, is that you're just a courier. And, you know, you're going along doing your courier thing. And you get ambushed, shot in the head, and dumped in an empty grave. Nice. And, <laughs> yeah. And if, personally, if that was me, I'd be just like, well... Uh, I'm not going to be going around here anymore and just leave. But then you go on this whole, you know, tale of bloody revenge, which I can kind of get, but just felt out of place with everything else you were doing. Plus, uh, as much as I like multiple endings, I'm not a fan of that many because I think it had like an ending for every single faction. And there was five or six factions. And so it just became tedious after a while of, okay, I've seen this ending and now I've seen this ending, and now, I, now I'm kind of done with the game. I don't want to go through all the other endings. Yeah. And if you're a completionist for achievements, there's an achievement for every single ending. So if you wanted that 100%, you had to get you had to go through the game 
from a safe point and not be too pissed off from too many factions <laughs> and do every single one of them. And that was, I want to say six cause there was, uh, the house, uh, NCR, there was, uh, the, the Kaisars and I know I'm forgetting at least two more. So, okay, cool. Uh, but yeah, both, uh, Microsoft and Sony doing interesting things and we shall see what they have for us in a couple of years because that's when this stuff is going to start to take place um but yes early in 2019 you should be able to change your psn name finally if you've got it as something that you do not like for whatever reason uh (coughs) the final piece of news i have is uh this this is a very good note to finish off on and i didn't do this on purpose it's a coincidence but it's still not a nice thing nonetheless uh telltale's the walking dead which was cancelled a few weeks ago uh, everybody there was laid off and not paid severance because it sounds like the company just ran out of money and wasn't able to give anybody anything anyway. Uh, again, we don't know these people's contracts, so um, yeah, make up what, what, what you want out of that, I don't know. Um, but Skybound, the company that uh, created The Walking Dead because they created the original comic book uh, owned by Robert Kirkman, the creator of The Walking Dead as well, uh, they recently did a, a New York Comic Con panel for The Walking Dead, which was this Saturday or last Saturday, uh, the, the uh, yeah the day before the uh, season nine premiere for The Walking Dead, and uh, Robert Kirkman announced that uh, Skybound uh, is going to be hiring uh, the previous developers who worked on The Walking Dead, and uh, yeah they're going to finish the final two episodes. We don't know for definite it's if it if it's in video game form. It could be, I guess, in comic book form because they're you know a comic book company. Um, but if they're hiring the the devs back, I would imagine that uh, Skybound is basically going to pay them and just finish the final episodes and have that be that. Um, one of the quotes that he gave, and this is slightly spoilery for last season of The Walking Dead for season 8, but it's quite widely known and people have <coughs> started to stop watching the show anyway. Uh, he said that we can't lose um, Rick and Clementine in the same year. Uh, and then I, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, I replied and said, no, we can't lose Carl, Rick, and Clementine in the same year because of what happened in, uh, w- with that situation. Um, so yeah, one of my predictions, because I did predict this, I said The Walking Dead is a hot property and this won't just be left out to die, and I said I'd give it up to a year. Um, but yeah, a couple of weeks later, or th- three or four weeks, how- however long it was, uh, so, yeah, Skybound have saved Telltale's The Walking Dead, so thank you very much, Skybound, for doing that. Uh, thank you, Robert Kirkman, for, I assume, stepping in and making this decision. <clears throat> um, I assume that the developers are very happy because they're going to be paid for, for this job from Skybound, and that will be very good as well. Uh, and, yeah, I thank you as a fan for being able to finish Clementine's story for the final two episodes. And... Um, that can kind of be, I guess, with the final season and the conclusion and stuff, that can kind of be Telltale's, like, swan song really because mm-hmm. uh, the Stranger Things game is owned by Netflix anyway and they're going to look for other developers uh, you've got um, Life is Strange which is Don't Nod anyway uh, we don't know what's going to happen to Batman or, or uh, Wolf Among Us those might not see the light of day for their new seasons but at least they weren't cancelled mid-season in their final season um, yeah I'm really really happy about this we, we don't know if the episode is because the next one I think was November 14th and in December 18th we don't know if they're going to resume those uh, dates or, or, or not. Uh, we don't know what state the episodes are in. We just know that uh, Skybound is stepping up to save the, the series. So thank you very much uh, to you guys for doing that. Thank you, Robert Kirkman, as well. Uh, what, what do you think of this? Well, when it comes to all the properties that 
you know, have yet to come out. I give Batman and Wolf Among Us 2 a less than 10% chance of ever coming out, just because uh, those had, especially with Batman, and we talked about this last week, the Batman had to be an expensive IP to get. Yeah. Uh, the Wolf Among Us, not so much, because, I mean, it is an established IP uh, from the comics, but it wasn't as widely known as Batman. It didn't have 15 different movies based around it. Um, the Stranger Things, I actually give about a 75% chance of it coming out, just because Netflix has the money that if they wanted to test the waters in a gaming studio, yeah. that's something that they could do as like a... Um, I don't know if you've ever heard the term loss leader before. No, I think I have. Yeah, that, it's mostly used in the automotive world. Basically, it's you make something that you know is going to lose money because it gets you towards something else that you really want. Um, this is kind of kind of weird and kind of nerdy, but it's the easiest way to explain it. Over here in the video States... Games podcast, there's no need to... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's but it, it is random, so it kind of <laughs> fits. Um, right. Over here in the States with the automotive uh, industry, we have what's called a CAFE standard. Okay. And that's an acronym for uh, Corporate Average Fuel Emissions. And basically what that means is that a company like Ford or uh, Chevrolet or somebody like that, the government sets an arbitrary miles per gallon for your entire fleet. So every model of car you make, you take what their miles per gallon is, average that out, and you have to be at or above that number. That's the CAFE standard. Um, and back in the day, Toyota was way the hell under that CAFE standard. Uh, so they came out with the Prius, which had like a, a fret. The original launch, like the first couple of years of Prius, they were advertising as like 70 miles to the gallon. They had no aspirations of that being a super popular car. They just needed that miles per gallon to be a big ass number to make up for the other cars they were already selling. So that Prius was intended to be a loss leader. They were willing to take a loss on that product in order to hit that other arbitrary number for the CAFE standard. Uh, but then the Prius became popular with the hipsters, and then the Prius became more mainstream, and then started selling more and more of them. And they're like, oh, people are buying this. I guess we're not going to take a loss on it anymore. But that's where the concept came from. Uh, rolling this back to video games, you know, Netflix obviously has... Well, not a ton of money, but they've got enough money that they could do a project like building a game studio, knowing that they're not going to make their money back on it in the hopes of having it actually be popular or, if nothing else, you know, learning from the experience of, okay, we did this. This is what we learned from this. How can we incorporate this into future Mm-hmm. Because they still are doing a ton of original programming. Oh, so much. And so, <laughs> yeah, a lot. But, you know, it could lead to, you know, more efficiency with some of their CGI work. It could lead them to find talent to do some of the CG stuff for their shows in-house rather than farming it out to other studios or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so outside of that, you know, the possibilities just kind of go off in weird directions, much like myself. But that's that's kind of the concept behind putting that as a loss leader. Yeah. So that kind of that's a way for me to try, try to explain that to somebody that, you know, doesn't know what that term means. So Okay. Cool. Uh what do you think of the Walking Dead being saved? 
I'm happy for it. I was still kind of curious to play season, uh, the last season of it, because I was a big fan of Clementine. But like I've said before, I always wait until it's either at or close to when the last quote unquote episode is done Mm -hmm. so that I don't have that play a game, wait a month, play a game, wait a month. And it's not like, you know, you're playing a game for, you know, 20, 30, 40 hours. You're playing a game for what, four or five and then wait a month. Yeah. It's like if they uh, broke all this, like if they took a season of a show that I liked and broke it down into, you know, four hour episodes and then released a four hour episode every month. It was basically that. And I'll just wait for it to be done. Hmm. That would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's like a little uh, four hour movie every month. Uh, mm-hmm. um, look out for the last two episodes in the, in the coming months. I'm sure that Skybound will, will say something. But uh, just just keep in mind, guys, in terms of the Walking Dead franchise, Skybound and Robert Kirkman are the ones that you can trust, not Gimple and AMC. I think that has been established by this point. Uh, yeah. It, it would be so nice if Skybound owned the show instead of AMC. Uh, but unfortunately, they don't. AMC owns the show. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's the last thing I have to talk about this week. Um, but it's it's great that uh, some, some things are moving forward and looking good. Um, if you would like to check out the rest of our content, entertainmenttalk.org is where you can look for it, or on, uh, Entertainment Talk, uh, f- f- on the podcast platform of your choice. We are also now on Spotify, it's still a little odd to have podcasts on Spotify, but hey, it's a, it's a audio platform, I guess. Um, those, those are the individual feeds, the actual main Entertainment Talk feed isn't on there, um, but the individual feeds are, so you can ch- listen on there if, if you want to as well. Um, it's it's actually quite easy to do if you want to do it. Uh, you just sign up with your email, and you you can submit multiple uh podcasts per per account. I'm not sure if there's like a limit, but hey, I submitted like ten or twelve or however many. So uh, it's it's very easy to do. So um, yeah, if you want to find those podcasts, entertainmenttalk.org or podcast platform of your choice. If you'd like to support what we're doing here, there's a few options: patreoncom talk That's where you can go and redeem rewards for reviews of your choice. Um. Amazon affiliate link if you'd like to shop on Amazon, uh, like we said earlier with the Amazon Twitch stuff. Uh, please consider using our affiliate link. We will get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. Uh, iTunes, please do rate, review, and subscribe to the feeds that you intend to use, because uh, you might not watch every show that we cover. But uh, if you do watch a few of them, then um, please review and rate and subscribe to the feeds that you want to use. Um, word of mouth, tell the people that you know, tell people that you know are watching or playing some of this stuff, and uh, yeah, tell them about the websites or the iTunes feeds, uh, and that will help as well. Um, we've gotten, the, I'm happy to say we've gotten a big growth this week in, in the traffic, and it's it uh, makes me feel better, knowing that more people are listening, um, to see the numbers go up, we've had a good bit of, bit of feedback recently, um, and some of the feedback is a little bit more hidden, because it's in like groups where I'm posting stuff, and people are saying stuff in there. Uh, I also wanted to make, I guess it's kind of a small announcement, I'm reaching out for like other guests and stuff like that. Um, I posted in some different podcast groups and maybe between like, I lost count of how many people got in contact with me. It was between like 20 and 30, I might have that wrong, but uh, yeah, you might be seeing some new people on some podcasts soon. I'm trying to arrange some stuff, but you know, time zones are a bit of an issue so we'll we'll see what we can do but hopefully we will have some new people on the podcasts as well that might be kind of fun so uh, i remember when you and david talked to each other on the uh, episode 100 and uh, we, all, we all quite liked that so yeah that was fun it was a little confusing because we're all on uh 
you know, we're all on, on a streaming service, so we yeah. don't like not face to face. So it's kind of hard to pick up on cues. But that was a lot of fun. We need to do that again. Yeah. So hopefully I'll have some more guests on uh, soon. I'm hopefully I can't remember the name of the podcast, but I will absolutely mention it in future podcasts. As uh, a gaming podcast, I'm going to be doing a guest spot on on Tuesday. Uh, I don't know when the episode will be up, but I'm sure when I do the next lot of podcasts after that, I'll uh, give you guys the information that you need. Um, and I won't be hosting that podcast, so that will be an interesting little little experience. Um, but I will definitely mention what it is and where you can find it once once it's once it's done. Uh, but that should be some some fun as well. Because um, yeah, I, I'm interested in guesting on other podcasts and stuff as well. That might that might be kind of fun. Um, I mean, I already do Geek Town with David every every so often, so that's pretty fun as well. Um, but back to this podcast. Uh, if you'd like to watch me and Robert play various different video games, he's got one on Mixer. I've got one on Twitch. Uh, David's also got one on Twitch through through the Geek Town name as well, so you can subscribe to those and follow those and all, all that good stuff. Thank you all very much for listening, and we shall see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>